should you pick your friends based on how they spend money? We're going to talk about that coming up next. From the streets of San Antonio, straight to your wallet, it's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades. Hello, everybody. My name is Kirk, the Money Machine Barbera, and we got the Jake of All Trades for a financial advice podcast for millennials. And today we're going to be talking about friendship and money, our favorite topics to talk about around the table, right? The dinner table. Who should you be friends with? <laughs> right. So I welcome Kirk. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. I like this topic because I never really thought about the correlation between friends and money, right? Okay. I, I have. never really had, I, I had okay. never really thought you never about thought- that. So you never saw think, fr- the episode of Friends where the, they talk about this. They, I have seen that, but I just didn't think about so the way that you can be selective. Oh based yeah, yeah. On, you know what I mean. Like you. So this write is a Wall Street Journal people. article. Yeah. So let's look at the article. Yeah. So you go ahead and explain the background of the article. Frugal so the article friends and how to find in the them. Wall Street Journal is called Frugal Friends and How to Find Them, and essentially it's about. Uh, just talking about how important it is for this the, the person writing this article that I believe her and her husband, right? They talk yeah. about selecting friendships with people that don't force them to overspend, that they live frugally and therefore that's how they that's one of the main criteria for when they're judge when they're selecting who what what friends they're gonna continue hanging out with. And they talked about examples of you know, if you have someone in your life that is overspending on eating out or that a lot of their priorities are going out multiple times a week, or they like to take exotic vacations, they like to treat themselves, right? That's pretty much what it boils down to. Then in this article, the writer saying, we just don't associate ourselves with them because the temptation is too great. And therefore we end up overspending and that's not how we want to live our lives. And I think even the article refers to like a it's a mental maturity or financial maturity standpoint. So like they view uh, some of those relationships with people who are not frugal with money as just being kind of immature. Yeah. I think they say something like that. So, I mean, this is an interesting article for sure. I, there is, there is the temptation of keeping up with the Joneses. You know, I just literally, I was in LA and I had a conversation with a, a longtime friend of mine who when um, he was trying to build something very grandiose in his business at the time. And he was the most Spartan frugal person I've ever met. He kind of lived in his own little, you know, like just like a cot and like a little chamber thing. And that was, that's where he lived. He was super frugal, um, you know, just focused on creating this, you know, big grandiose thing in finance. Actually, he wanted to change how people view finance. Uh, and and inter- especially in terms of business finance, mm-hmm. and he, um, you know, so things changed in his life. He met a, a young woman, and now they're living in Santa Monica in this really nice townhome. They both make a ton of money, and all their friends make a ton of money. And now they're like buying expensive furniture and things like that, and going on expensive trips and uh, things okay. of that nature. So it it does change people quite a bit. I think he's still more of the frugal one. So he has, he makes decisions like that a little bit more, but mm-hmm. the pressure, the pressure is definitely there. And you get that. I think that's, you know, if you read literature, right. If you read literature in like 18th century France, like the aristocrats, like everybody, the people are 
finagling their money and their wealth, whatever they have left in order to keep up appearances. Cause that's right. really important. I think that's, that's been right. in human, um, human nature for a long time. And it's something that we, a lot of people are pressured to do Yeah, right? to, to, to have the appearance at the very least in order to attain a certain kind of social status. And part of that is the friends that you decide to keep. True. And that is totally true. I guess though, I like to think about, and maybe this is the, my, the way that I think about conversations with money and how I choose to handle money versus my relationships with friends. To me, I am responsible for the financial decision-making. I'm not going to make a financial decision that is not in my best interest just because like a group of my friends are doing it. But that could just be me, right? Because some people are more easily persuaded or some people are seeking acceptance but from friends or they don't want to be embarrassed to say no. I mean, there's a lot of emotion attached to yeah. the issue, I think. Well, uh, I think- maybe I just have no emotion. <laughs> You robot, you finance guys are supposedly have no soul, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> the, fin- the bankers have no soul. But uh-huh. no, so I there there is some psychology behind this too, actually. So I don't remember where I read this, but there was um, might have been Jonathan Haidt or somebody was talking about how we like the different types of individual in the psychologies we have. So, for instance, there's the type of person who, if there's a um, you know a candy bar. They could keep a candy bar at their desk. They could take a little bite, roll up the paper and put it back in their, their uh, desk and just have like a little nibble. And then there's me, right? Who <laughs> I see a candy bar in my desk. I eat it. I lick the, the uh, wrapper and then I go to the store to buy five more to get more <laughs> of the taste. Like, so there's like the different types. Stock up your pile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like um, th- there's there's different types of people like that and you know, you have to kind of be honest with yourself about the type that you are and control what you can control. So one of the bits of advice that has worked for me in the past, not at the current moment for various reasons, <laughs> but in the past, I've, I've lost a lot of weight by, I am really good at being able to um, not control myself when it comes to eating food at like home, if it's there, but at the uh-huh. grocery store. So I only buy certain things. I don't have a lot of food in in the house. And then what happens is I just don't eat anything. Cause I'm, you know, it's not there, but right. if it's there, I will eat it. If it is in my house, it's gone. Like if it's tasty meal in my house, it's gone like that. But so, so this, it, I think that's related like that. to this though. Absolutely. It's like, yeah, you have like to that. know yourself, Absolutely. know thyself, <laughs> know thyself and know thyself when it comes to your spending habits and your ability to control yourself. I mean, so I like to think this is a perfect example of why a financial plan is so individualized. And when you think that a financial plan is kind of boilerplate, the same for everyone, I think this is a clear indication that I have, I I know for a fact, I have clients that wouldn't struggle with this, right? They understand themselves and their ability to control their money. They could have any friends they wanted to. They could be friends with a, a famous person. I almost said the Kardashians, but I do not like them. So I didn't want to. <laughs> to them. I don't think so, you could be friends with the Kardashians. No, I don't but, think the Kardashians have friends. I don't think they have real friends either yeah, or souls. No, they're they worse definitely than don't have souls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> worse than my, <laughs> they're worse than finances. <laughs> but I just think like it's, this is a great example of why planning is important so that these situations, when they do arise, 
it's not quite as black and white as this article makes it out to be. Like, I'm not going to associate myself with that girl at the party because I kept hearing her refer to her Tesla that's sitting outside, right? And that was the other thing, too, that I was like, okay, I'm not going around asking new people, do you spend a lot of money? Are you a lavish spender, <laughs> right? But the examples yeah. they gave in the article were just saying, like, in conversation with people, if they have a tendency to bring stuff up a lot about how much they travel or where they live or, you know, materialistic things, that could be a good indication about whether or not they're a, a spending Susie or whatever, whatever you want to call them. Spending Susie. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, yeah, I found the article interesting in that because one thing, uh, one thing about friendship, you know, like we, we tend to use that very broadly, just about any acquaintance basically. But right. I think a true friend, even if they're wealthy, really wants the best for you and right. you know there's somebody who um wouldn't necessarily sacrifice their pleasure and happiness all the time to hang out with you but if you're good friends they're, they're going to make you know th there's a term called having tact right having tact and and i think that's what that term means having tact is you know if this person's going through hard times you're not gonna rub it in their face by you know taking them that's what happened in the friends episode is the three friends that had money didn't have any tact for their friends that didn't have any money at that moment in their lives. Right. Because, you know, the other thing is that those people who don't have money, if you really see value in them as humans, you know that they will eventually have money. If they're just perpetually poor, there's probably something wrong with them, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, not, not something wrong with them, but I just mean, I would say that there might be a character defect, right? Like they're, well, they're just spending money not just willy-nilly or they're not right. smart about their time and being productive. And then the question is, why are you friends with them in the first place? And, but right. the point is like, if, if you're in a, you know, if you, you could be on the flip side of this, you could be the wealthier person who has friends who aren't wealthy and you still get a lot of value out of those people, right? You enjoy right. their yeah. being with them, but you don't want to make them feel cruddy. So it's important to understand, you know, go places that they can go to and have a good time and, and help support them and to get to where they want to go. Right. And that's a big mindset thing too, right? Because yeah. if you're somebody, if you're the wealthy friend, your mindset when it comes to building friendships is so much more than just the experience of being with another person, right? It's about the connection. It's about whatever. And so that was another thing the article talked about was this, these people like to associate themselves with people of a similar mindset. So yeah. to me, I interpret that to be, you know, just a bunch of frugal freddies or something frugal they're <laughs> just enjoying their time not spending any money and they're okay with that and i think that's okay but i think it's also okay for you to have friends in different social circles as long as you remember what your priorities are when it comes to your finances and you don't let some of those other external factors or those pressures persuade you i mean this is like the perpetual high school uh, fitting in with everybody in high school. It like never ends, right? You still yeah. want to keep up with the Joneses. Well, at some point, you got to make yourself a priority. Yeah, and, and, and again, this I think is important for finding the right friends. That's what this doesn't really talk about, I think, or it doesn't go into deeply because it's not that kind of article. But, right. it, you know, it, it talks about, I think it's, I think they're right. The, the mindset thing is important um, because even a wealthy person with the right mindset might be, uh, or with a similar mindset would at least 
understand where you're coming from. So, mm-hmm. if, if, you know, for instance, it might be difficult if you started off as a, you know, poor person um, or, you know, less lesser in terms of mm-hmm. finances and somebody was born wealthy. So they, you're both going to have very different conceptions of money. Yes. No matter how smart that wealthy person might be with money, there's just a different perspective on it. Right. right. Like, and so the, you just have to be, I think, aware of it. Also aware of your, your current situation. You may not be in this situation forever. And there is value, I think, in trying to associate yourself with people in a situation you want to be in. Absolutely. That's a great point. That is a great point. And something that I think is particularly applicable to millennials, because we like to have friends who may be several years older than us and in our a a totally different phase of their career and it's admirable and it drives us to want to get to that point. The problem is when you try to get there too quickly, financially speaking, then you deprive, then you hurt yourself in the long run because you made decisions trying to get somewhere faster than was realistic. So yeah, that's a, that's a really good point too. Yeah. I mean the, this article doesn't talk about what you talked about at the beginning, I think is the wisdom to, be able to discern those different types of friends and and know where you want to go because the, now if you can't do that, if you're the, you know, if you're the, the alternative, I guess is the chocolate eater. The spending <laughs> the, Sally. Yeah. They spent, if, if you're like, but if you're the type of person who can't control yourself in those situations, right? Cause there are a lot of subtle cues that we give each other about money that not, aren't even necessarily in, um, uh, conversation. So for instance, one, I once talked to a wealthy per, or a guy who made a good amount of, you know, good money. And he had this, I, this thing that you never look at a, a check of, at a restaurant or even the tip. You just leave a very high tip. Don't look at it and move it away. It sends a signal about your wealth, right? Cause wealthy people oh, to the other people that are around. So the other people around. And I think, okay. but I've seen that before where it's like, there's a pressure not to look like, you're, you're looked at as cheapskate if you, you know, do your calculator and you try to split it exactly correctly. It's much better if, you know, you look way cooler if you just throw your credit card on the, the table and say, just just split it up however you want, right? That right. That's totally different mentality. Um, so you also need to be aware of, you know, maybe just take cash in those situations or something as one right. way to, you know, that's alleviate great. yourself as like, hey, you know, I'm going to just pay for I, I brought this much cash. That's how much I spent. Here you go. Right. And there's the mm-hmm. tip in there. And that, you know, so there's, there's ways I think of improving that, even if everybody else has credit cards, you could, but you just have to be aware of the subtle cues that people send and, mm-hmm. you know, try to, so I do think the, the idea of associating at least with some people who are more like-minded in this situation can be very helpful. Of um, course. Even if yeah. it's a really good friend that has now shifted into more wealth. Right. And know that like, there's nothing wrong with either personality. If you're frugal, if you're a spender, yeah. the important thing is just being aware that awareness on the onset is going to prevent you from doing things that you didn't really want to do. Exactly. I mean, yeah. that's good. All right, Kirk, thank you for joining us on this episode. This was a great one. Uh, go out there and make some rich friends. Yes. <laughs> All right. See you guys later. All right. Thank you guys for watching. Make sure to uh, check me out on social media by searching for at Jake's two cents and read the blog at Jake's two cents.com. And remember you are the expert of your own life. And that's my two cents. See you later. 
Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.